Good morning, everyone. I hope you're all not too warm and not melting in this heat. It's a bit warm, isn't it? If you need to get up and grab a drink, please feel free to do that. Um, so, who's got a nickname? Any nicknames that they're willing to offer? Go on. Yes, please. Soft lad. Oh, <laughs> who calls you soft lad? <laughs> when you was a kid. Oh, Daniel. Collo, because you're Daniel Collins, so you get Collo. I like it. We're going to think of, and you're not going to be soft lad anymore, Anthony. We'll come up with something different. Go on, Michael. The Crompton Lover. <laughs> that is fabulous. You don't live in Crompton anymore. Thank goodness for that. Right. Well, moving on. Have <laughs> we got any other nicknames that are about? Anyone else wants to offer for me? No, okay, fair enough, that's fair. I think we've done well with those three. So, um, my neighbour, <laughs> Lois is chuckling, she's lost it at the Cronton Lover, I think. <laughs> my neighbour who lives round the corner, she met one of the teenagers in her close and she says to him, hi Josh, and he says, my name's not Josh. So now they call him not Josh. They don't actually know what his name is, but all it is, is it, well, it's not Josh. So they refer to him as, oh, there's not Josh. So sometimes we've got a nickname that we don't know about. And later today, when uh, I share with you, I'm going to share about a woman who probably didn't know what her nickname was. But I believe that the people where she lived, they had some names for her. But we'll come on to that later. So I've, bought, um, I've brought a prop today. Are you ready? Ready for the prop? Hope you can see it. So, I don't want anyone to panic, all right? Because it's a towel, and it's a bowl, and it's water. And if you have been in Christian circles for any length of time, this can only mean one thing. It's all about washing the feet. Don't panic keep your socks on. That's all I'm saying. There's no chair. I'm not getting anyone up to do like a little example of this. But I always like to start my preaches with an embarrassing moment from my life. And I'm going to share that again today. I've got a great one for you. Um, because about 25 years ago, I worked for a Christian youth charity. Um, there were 10 people on the team and they did fabulous work. They went into schools, they did assemblies, they did detached youth work at night. They were just amazing. I didn't do any of that. I was purely in the office. I answered phone calls, I sent emails, I did all the admin and all the finance side of it. And you know what? That, that was my fit. That was wonderful. I didn't do any of the face-to-face -face stuff. On the team, though, they did. And this episode of water and towels and people having the feet washed, it reflects back to something that happened in Jesus' life. Because in that day, the roads were dusty. People didn't have socks on. They wore the sandals. The feet got a mess. When they walked out and about, they just got mucky. So it was like just a common, polite, courteous thing to do that when you were invited to someone's house and you arrived, one of the servants 
would wash your feet and then all your toes just felt all like nice again. Do you know what I mean? Because all the dust and the muck were off them and they just felt lovely. And one day Jesus and his disciples went to someone's house. They sat down at the table as invited to do, but nobody moved towards the bowl or the water or the towel. Nobody washed the feet. And that was just the common polite thing to do. So after a while, I don't know what the disciples thought. Did they look at each other and think, well, should I do that? Does someone want me to do it? And in the end, after a little pause, it was Jesus who picked up the towel and put it round him. And it was Jesus who knelt at the feet of each of those disciples and who washed their feet. The master, the Lord, he knelt at the feet of his disciples and he washed their feet. So we're going to go back to our team meeting 25 years ago. And our team leader walks into the room when I work for that youth charity, carrying a bowl, carrying a jug of water, carrying a towel, and my heart sank because I thought, oh no, I know what's coming up now. Because this isn't something that is common for us today, is it? This is just like, can I say it, a bit odd. If you went to visit someone and they said, all right, just whip your shoes and socks off and we'll just give your feet a little, little, little shush in the water. It doesn't happen, does it, in this year, 2023? But then it did. So this only meant one thing. There's going to be some feet washing taking place. The problem was, and I feel so embarrassed saying this now, I had got a massive Veruca a massive Veruca, and I was so embarrassed about it. I didn't want to be taking my socks off. I didn't want to be having my feet washed. Even now, right, I'm going to champion the cause for this. People do not talk about Verucas. Davina McCall, she is on the bandwagon for everything. Does she mention Verucas? Does she want to bazooka that Veruca? No, she doesn't. She needs to get her act together and just like think about that. But 25 years ago, it was even worse. Like, no one was talking about Verucas then. But I thought, okay, I'll go last. Because then that's fine, isn't it? Everyone's been done then, and I'll go last. But the more I, like, protested, because the team leader said, because you serve us so well in the job you do, you enable us to do what we do, I want you to be first. I was like, no, Veruca, Veruca, Veruca. I don't want to go first. But I didn't want to say, I've got a Veruca. I just didn't want to admit that in front of the whole team. So I just wanted to quietly get it out of the way. So in the end, but the more I protested, um, the more I seemed like humble. Do you know what I mean? And then the more he was like, oh, yeah, come on, let's do your feet first. So in the end, Veruca and all, I just went for it. <laughs> but anyway. I wanted to show you at the start of today um, a clip and it's, take, it's a film clip. It lasts about two and a half minutes and it's a film of the verses that we're going to be reading. It's nothing to do with feet washing. That's done and dusted. You can forget about that. But I just want you to kind of be able to see what this might have been like and to put yourselves in that situation. Thanks, Summer. Can we have that clip? Oh, no! 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 Oh,
commands us to stone such a woman. What do you say? It's a trap. I'll give my stone to the first man who tells me that he has never sinned. several little film clips to try and decide which one to pick and when I saw that one it was that kiss that got me that was Jesus's response tenderness and gentleness and not condemnation but affirmation and a kiss in scripture does it tell us that happened no it doesn't but what it tells us when God the Father, the story of the prodigal son, when that son is welcomed home, there is a kiss. And I think, like father, like son, this is the love that Jesus carries from heaven for us. Um, we're going to read those verses now. So now you've, you've kind of got the film picture in your head. You've seen this woman, she was caught in the act of adultery and they drag her to Jesus. Really, they're not bothered about her. They're just trying to trap Jesus. That's the heart. Um, and Jesus picks up the stone as the only one without sin who could actually throw it. And he lets it drop to the ground. He's not condemning her. He's affirming her. So let's read together John eight and it's going to come up on our screens now okay so at dawn jesus appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them 
The teachers of the law and Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They made a stand before the group and they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write in the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and he said to them, let any one of you who is without sin throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first until only Jesus was left and the woman still standing there. Jesus stood up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No, sir, she replied. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and sin no more. We see grace in action here. We see a woman hauled before Jesus and grace saved her life. And grace set her life in a different direction. Those final words, go and sin no more. There was the forgiveness and there was that call to live a holy life. Meet Jesus and change. That's what grace is about. In, in that, those verses that we've read, there's something that we can perhaps miss, which is like massively significant. And it's the fact that Jesus as a 21st century Jewish man stooped down before a woman that was just in the culture of the day that was just not known and what that said to those men who had dragged the woman to Jesus was that he validated the woman and he in doing that almost like insulted those men and I kind of thought of two times where Jesus has stooped down for us so the first one was Bethlehem. Jesus left heaven and I have no idea, even my best imagination cannot conjure up the beauty and just the peace of what heaven must be like. Yet Jesus left that to come to Bethlehem. We went to Ambleside a couple of weeks ago and you know when you stay somewhere you do the whole TripAdvisor thing. And I've just read some such funny ones. This place is a disgrace. It was filthy. I wouldn't stay there, never coming back. Avoid at all costs. I think like Bethlehem, that outbuilding attached to the inn where Jesus was born, it would not have got good reviews. It was not the palace. It was not the pleasant place. It was just somewhere that was available. It was a last resort in a town that was packed. And that's where the Son of God came into the world. God chose that he stooped for us. That's the first stoop. And then the second stoop is the stoop of Calvary. And there the Son of God hung on a cross. He took the price. He paid the penalty 
The sin that needed a, a punishment, it happened there. And the day before, this is just something that's kind of got to me today. The day before, Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. And while he was there, there was like this little fight that broke out. But Jesus said, I could call 12 legion of angels and they would come and rescue me now. In a legion, there's between 3,000 and 6,000 angels and there were 12 legions. So we're between 36,000 and 72,000 angels. And these are the warrior angels. These are the angels who are the armies of God, who are there poised, ready in heaven to come down and to fight for Christ. And he said, no. He stooped. He took that stoop that followed into the stoop of Calvary so that I might know what grace is like. I might be forgiven by the only one who was without any sin. The only one who could cast a stone at everything that I've done. And he took it. He stooped at Bethlehem. He stooped at Calvary. And I think the thing that comes across for it for me, it's just the fact that the one who provides the grace wants us to be grace givers. We've received so much and he wants us to then live like a channel of that grace flowing out of us. It's quite hard because one of the things you have to do is you've got to own your mistakes. We've got to own our mistakes. In preparing this message, I've had a really rough week where I have not been gracious. I mean, out one out of 10, and 10 is bad. I am 11. It has been awful. I have just, I feel like quite mentally battered by my lack of grace. But I could blame it on the other person or blame it on the situation. I've got to own it. I have got to say, I was wrong. I was the one who was out of step in that situation. Because the thing is, God knows it anyway. He knows the situations and who said what. He knows it all. And so he's just up to us to like own our mistakes. Um, that woman had no choice because people had seen her committing adultery. There was no question about that. She couldn't deny it. But when she gets to Jesus, there's just this welcome home. And welcome home is absolutely amazing. It's that tender, tender kiss. It's that affirmation and validation and not condemnation. But it comes, doesn't it, with that challenge to go and sin no more, to live a life that's different for the grace we've received to us then to pass that on to others. And I feel that for us, the question is for me today, Am I willing to stoop? Do you know back in that incident with Jesus and his disciples, and those disciples, they knew what should happen, but no one was willing to do it until Jesus the master got up and he took the towel and he washed the feet. Are we, am I, willing to stoop for our community? Am I willing 
to say, my agenda can go to one side. God, what is your agenda? What do you want to do? My time, my finances, my preferences, how can they go to one side? And how can Jesus be honored by us stooping in grace in order to help other people? Could I ask our band to come up now while we just finish off? If that's all right, please. Thank you very much. Because I was just reminded of something from um, when my daughter was little. My daughter's 40 next year. And I've got a whole load of like stories from when she was little. And um, one of the things was if I'd asked her to do something and it might be like, have you tidied your room? She'd say to me, um, no. And I'd kind of go, why? And she'd go, I couldn't be bothered. Do you know what my answer to that was? Get bothered. Get bothered. And that was something, it was a conversation that we had a few times. And I really feel that God wants us to get bothered. He wants us to be bothered by what is bothering him. And what is bothering him is a community. Whether that community is on your street or whether that community comes into this place at Friday night youth times or for mate lunch or for different reasons. But God wants us to be bothered with these people. He wants our agendas to go and for us to be grace givers. Could I ask you, would you, would you stand with me now as we, we're going to sing our final song shortly. But I really feel that I would just in this moment like just to pray for you before we sing. Lord Jesus, today we are just so grateful that you stooped for us. That you left the beauty of heaven to be born in an outbuilding in Bethlehem. Jesus, we thank you that you stooped to the cross. And God, we thank you there that you took the pain that should rightly have been ours. Jesus, we thank you for the times where you stooped to show your disciples how to live a different way. And Lord, today, I pray that our hearts will be open to hear how you want us to stoop for other people. How you want us to show the grace that's been shown to us in bucket loads. How our attitude should be different, God. How we shouldn't be the ones who are going like, to lift up the rocks quickly to stone someone else to death. But God, rather that that gentle kiss of Jesus, that that warmth of your love might flow through us to them. And Father God, in these minutes now, Lord, I just pray that you will help us to hear you. And Father, that we will be challenged. We will be challenged to do and be the people that you'd like us to be. People that serve others, God, in your precious name. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Oh,